Welcome back to Paddy Talks Golf Powered by Four Golf Custom, the number one golf club fitters in the business on the planet, on this spherical being that we are all on. Um, I get fit there, loads of amateurs get fit there, the elite get fit there, and Seamus Power gets fit there. Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at Four Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years and they're the best in the business. So absolutely, if they're good enough for Seamus, they're 100% good enough for me. Uh, Derek, Dave and co have been custom fitting in Clean Castle for nigh on over a decade. I'm, I've been going, so they're there longer. Um, but yeah, over 20 years of European tour or world tour experience. Um, this week's episode, though, is all about Paul McCanny, the director of golf for Port Marnock Hotel and Golf Links, an experienced PGA professional. He used to be in Clean Castle actually for... I think it was 20 years, um, but he's in the hotel and golf since 2021. Big interest in development, support and coaching of golfers. Uh, had the Challenge Tour there and is making history as the first Irish Lynx golf course to ever host that tournament. Um, Paul walks us through his passion for the sport, how he took on his first role in Blackbush Golf Club with Shane O'Grady. And he now lives in North County Dublin with his wife and their two lovely daughters. And we got chatting about his career through golf, why he went the PGA route, why he went for Manic Links, and all the changes that are happening there. So we actually had a great day this morning. Golf there. I uh, played with Nile Head Superintendent, a uh, keen man for bees and bread as well. So a lot happening in Port Marnock Hotel and Golf Links. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you do, please do share it with your family and friends. But now, roll it there. Kill it. Paul McKenney, are you ready to tee it up? I'm ready to go. Uh, where are we? We're behind some chairs. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly where we are. <laughs> so, um, welcome to Port Marnock Hotel and Golf Links. Thank you very much. It's one of my favourite places in Dublin. Yeah, we've. Um, you're coming at an exciting time. We're uh, we're just about to undergo some some nice course changes over the winter months, and uh, looking forward to reopening the course again in 2023. We'll get into that in a minute. Slow your roll, McKenney. Does <laughs> <laughs> everyone in Derry move that fast? Just go straight to Definitely. the field we want to talk about. Yeah. That's why we won the Cup 4-0 last, yesterday <laughs> evening. <laughs> We're on the ball. Um, where was I going to start? Uh, I learned today that there are three Jameson graves down, down the right of the first. That's correct, yeah. Uh, because this we're in Jameson's old gaff at the moment. Are we? You are indeed. Uh, so the Jameson family, uh, the history here d- dates back to the 1850s. Um, John Jameson third, I believe, actually had his own private 12-hole golf course here. Um, it was probably one of the first golf courses in Ireland. Um, although it wasn't an official club or anything like that, it would have been one of the first places that golf would have been played regularly. Um, stretches all the way from here um, across to Port Marnock Golf Club. So, yeah, a lot of history in this area. Jameson family and the uh, and the golf obviously um, we were talking earlier on just about our, our logo and looks and more packs uh, coming from the Latin light love and peace um, that was a an early part of the story where um, when the Jameson and Haig families came together through marriage um, that one of the kings of England donated a, 
uh, display that's just outside the golf shop now and um, that became you know the, the the start of our history and uh, obviously the golf came much later here um, but yeah we still sort of use that as part of the story and so Luxembourg Pass is light, love and peace yeah. and peace and that's on every it's the tea markers as well so on every, <laughs> on every tea on every tea it's light, love and peace, peace. Yeah. Uh, I'll try and remember that through impact <laughs> next time lots of loving and lots of peace around here <laughs> um, Paul McKenney what is your earliest memory of golf? Um, suppose I come from a, a golfing background as such in terms of my grandfather would have been the first person in the family I would have said that played golf and uh, member in City of Derry Golf Club um, my father then um, would have played a little bit um, in his younger days but I suppose my grandfather would have been my first introduction to golf um, and I remember uh, parents would have bought me plastic clubs and whatever else like There's some of two us would plastic have had. sets in my house <laughs> at the moment so they were battered around the back garden for a while and uh didn't actually really start playing golf until it was probably 13 or 14 consistently um and yeah sort of fell in love with it pretty quickly and been playing ever since not much not as much anymore but what part of Derry are you from? Just exactly? outside the city. Um, so we grew, grew up in a place called Brahen, which is right near where City Derry Golf Club is, and then we moved a little bit further out into the sticks, but yeah, Derry City. What was it like growing up in outside the city of Derry? Was the grass up the middle of the road, or were you like fancy <laughs> suburban Derry? Not quite, no, it wasn't fancy suburban, but it wasn't grass growing up the middle of the road either. We weren't, we weren't that far out. The reason, yeah. I, the reason I say that is my wife think, thought she was from the country in Kerry before she met me. <laughs> and then we went home to my house in the country in Clare and she's like there's grass up the middle of the road here I was like yes yes there is <laughs> uh, not quite like that I suppose um, like I was a, a born in the middle of the 80s so like it was a it was an interesting time in the north um, you know my I, I mentioned my grandfather starting to play golf and his sons there were four of them uh I think my grandmother tried to get them to the golf course at City of Derry to try and keep them out of trouble, that they might get into any trouble. So um, it was a great place to to learn about the game, a really cr- community club, you know, certainly not, no airs and graces about the place and uh, great community relations considered and all the things that were going on in the background. Um, so I obviously came later than that, but that, it certainly, you know, it, it was a great upbringing for me when there was, there was still a lot of trouble going on in my earlier years but uh, we didn't really get to see too much of that and I would have been playing golf with loads of different kids of my age from all different places and uh, um, I'm thankful really that that was the case because made some great friendships I'm sure like yourself through golf over the years and uh, those continue on you know Absolutely Was there other competing sports growing up as a teenager or yeah, always golf? Yeah a bit of soccer a uh, bit of GAA um, rugby at school uh, that didn't last very long <laughs> Um, I was always told uh, you should have played rugby. Like I was semi-recruited in college, they just looked at me and said he should. He yeah, should well, leave the physique for it. I and don't I quite. Never did because <laughs> I was like, I love the fancy, you know, be Brian O'Driscoll out the wing. That's a bit of me, but at the bottom of the ruck, that is definitely not me. And yeah. that's why I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, no. Uh, I suppose um, I definitely. I mean, I love GAA, um, and I certainly still enjoy soccer and things like that. But. Um, I suppose J.A. would have been, and still is, a real interest apart from golf. Yeah, that would be the one. Portmanic links with the last 18 months or so. Um, so between 
being an avid golfer as a teenager, what was the handicap in, in the teenage years? Was it, Were you one of those like, oh, I'm off scratch and I'm 15 years old? Or? No, I, no, I wasn't. I mean, as, as I say, I started at 13, um, definitely made steady progression. I think my first handicap was 22 at like that age and then uh, started gradually getting down from that and eventually made it to scratch just before I turned assistant pro. But I mean, I would have been, in my teenage years, I probably would have been a 3-4 handicap, something like that. Um, then I went to college in England, um, played a lot of golf over there and, and improved quite a bit because I was playing a lot and whatever else. But f- funnily enough, the the part of golf that really always interested me more so was um, sort of watching what other people were doing and the coaching side of it and, and things like that. And I've sort of kept that up the whole way through. Like as kids, you know, there would have been eight or ten of us that played quite regularly. And if we were up hitting balls in the range, I'd be the one standing back watching what everybody was at and uh, trying to figure out why they were doing what they were doing or how that was working for them and seeing how it affected the ball flight and things like that um so i've always loved playing golf but i've always loved the background of it and trying to figure out you know things in the swing and then obviously later years um getting into the business of it more more so really enjoyed that side of it as well so where's the transition point from liking golf being handy three or four as a teenager to because I'm assuming when you say it there, college in the UK wasn't for a PGA qualification. Was it college, college, or what? No, yeah, it was. It was actually uh, sports management and that that side of things. Because uh, I, I'd, I'd left school at 17. I'd started in the north. You know, you you do your GCSEs and then you head into lower sixth and and then eventually upper sixth and do your A levels. But I went into the first year after doing the GCSEs and just decided this wasn't for me anymore worked in an accountant's office for a short time and realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do either um, but great experience and then from that I thought yeah no I want to I want to get involved in sport and golf is obviously something that I'm interested in so went off and did that course and uh, when I came back from that then um, was interested in doing the PGA because I'd obviously improved a bit as a player and really wanted to get into golf a bit more and was looking for places to go and start the training um, my uncle uh, Eamon Logue is a, a PJ Pro in the north at Hilton Temple Patrick as well so asked him like what should I do here and he said well go and find somewhere really busy um, that you're going to learn about so made a few inquiries and then ended up going uh, become an assistant to Shane O'Grady in Blackbush Golf Club just outside Dunshockland. Met Shane last week. Yeah and I mean Shane was fantastic in terms of you know he ran a really successful golf shop uh, busy members club 27 holes and obviously then was doing a lot of coaching um, and, and elite coaching elite coaching yeah definitely and, and the you know Leona and Lisa um, were just starting out with them just after that time that, that that went to work with them so it was really interesting you know seeing how you know that coaching and, and that attention to detail happened at that stage and I mean it's no surprise that they've gone on and certainly Leona has gone on to great things so absolutely um, just so people know because uh, this is a podcast for Paul McKenney not uh, Shane O'Grady but <laughs> Lisa Leona McGuire, Lauren Walsh and Wake Forest, David mm. Carey who made the cut of the open this year. Yeah. So he's like yeah. not just a McGuire family piece. Yeah, and there's been many more. I mean that you know, a lot of professionals and amateur players at the top level. I mean Shane's been involved in coaching at the elite level for a long time now through the through golf well, the GUA first of all and Golf Ireland then. Um For you though, what was the compelling event to go yet? Yeah, like pursuing my PGA that's where I want to go that's where my career is going to be what was the compelling, the compelling event for you to go down that route as opposed to sports management or GA coach or whatever I suppose it was you know I, I, I was 
reasonably clever enough to realise that if you could do something that you were going to enjoy doing for a career, then you were probably going to enjoy it. I mean, it, it mightn't be the most lucrative or, or, or things like that, but, you know, if, if you're going in to do something every week for the rest of your life, you may as well do something that you're going to enjoy. So I was always, I mean, I do love golf. I mean, everything about it, uh, whether it's watching tournaments or coaching players or playing myself, you know, it, it's, it is a, it's a great game. Um, and we always say, you know, it's a game that you can share with other people. You know, it's not like playing in the Premier League where, you know, you can only play at Old Trafford with Man U v Liverpool players. We can play with top professionals in the world and the raw beginner. We can all play the game together. Um, so that was, I suppose, the reason for it. I knew that I was going to enjoy being part of golf in some way and it was either going to be a coaching focus or maybe a sort of more traditional PGA Pro role at that stage uh, was what I was looking at. Um, and obviously that developed and changed a little bit as I went on. But 15 years, is it, in Killeen Castle? 10, yeah. 10. Started in 2011, just... Uh, it was actually April Fool's Day. <laughs> they yeah, they didn't realise. Yeah, yeah, fool on who. So I mean, the Killing Castle, brilliant. I mean, a really exciting time. Um, they, I mean, funnily enough, there was two Ladies Irish Opens here at Portmarnock Links in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, if I remember correctly, uh, because Killing Castle wasn't open yet. Um, and part of the arrangement with the Salhang Cup was that there would be five ladies Irish Opens as well so so then the last three of those and the Salhain Cup I mean as a young fella of whatever age I was 25 or 6 uh, going into head pro role at a place like that with the Salhain Cup on your doorstep was you know amazing really um, and learnt a lot from that process I mean it was a huge tournament I had no idea of how big a tournament it was until we were involved right in the middle of it um, but when you see TV crews landing from all around the world uh to, you know to push this event out around the world and I mean it's grown since that it's hard to believe you know that was 11 years ago but uh, great tournament and enjoyed that time at Killeen Castle and I didn't know I, I was like I didn't know at the time but I was inside in the pro shop a couple of times um, with yourself and with your wife I never knew it was your wife I never knew your wife was a, <laughs> a, a pro as well yeah I'm not How even the happen? I'm not even the best pro in my house Paddy uh, yeah I mean Emily Emily my wife is uh she's the real golfer in the family uh she was you know irish international and uh a really really good golfer um so we met with uh through shane o'grady at blackbush golf club i'd started with him in august 2005 i think and then she came uh in december of the same year because uh two assistants all the time and you know the way it works in the pga you go through your training program and then when somebody's finished off they go on to pastures new so so yeah we met there um and uh you know sort of hit it off pretty much straight away uh, the rest is history two kids and <laughs> a mortgage and all the other things that everybody everybody has so a very golf heavy household these days. yes yeah yeah we've two little girls seven and six so they're not really showing huge interest in it at the moment they're more into gaa and uh unicorns <laughs> if there's anything from from people i've spoken about growing up um who've been in the podcast whatever on tour or whatever um Oftentimes, golf is just one of many sports, and that's why I asked that question. Yeah. Growing up, was there other sports? Yeah. Because generally, you know, with with Conor Rourke or Kevin Minahan, Paul McBride, and them boys, um, and Lauren Walsh, um, Olivia Mayhaffy, there was always other sports, um, hockey or basketball or, um, and even Tiger Woods played multiple sports. Baseball was a big thing. Yeah. Um, he put up on Instagram the other day actually, 
or one of his managers did that <laughs> the reason he had a big out loopy swing and when he first turned pro was his baseball swing is what he called it so there you go yeah yeah um what are we going to ask next um i can edit these parts out you see that's the guy running around <laughs> podcast you can just cut out all the bits that's waffle <laughs> make you sound good <laughs> like, that's the whole point of this this is a very self-grandiose affair why port marnock links why the move yeah that was um i mean so I'm here 18 months I started here at the beginning of May 2021 uh, we all came through pandemic and all those sorts of things um, I really enjoyed my time at Killeen Castle and um, I certainly wouldn't take back any time that was there but you moved for live type money that's the reason <laughs> yeah that's exactly the reason Paddy yeah yeah. no unfortunately not but um, I, I suppose what happened was that I heard I had heard that Port Marnock hotel and golf links have been purchased by uh, new owners and i had seen the work that had gone on from the previous years before that i would have played here reasonably regularly if a couple of friends who are members here and uh, would have played and seen the progression in the place and i mean i've always loved the golf course i think the golf course is as good as anything that there is out there my favorites for that reason yeah um so i mean when you have that and then obviously you have the resort aspect built around it our location is second to none um it was it was pretty easy <laughs> but um i wasn't i mean it was a big decision because as you say it was, it was in killing castle for 10 years um but after one conversation with the owner here um and realizing what their you know vision for this place was um i said yeah really fancy being a part of that so and that's believe it or not that's kind of also why we're having this chat today it's not it's about yourself and journey to a golf because people listening um not that they'll make the same decisions but a lot of people kind of listen around that kind of journey themselves so whether yeah. it's in golf or whether it's in life in terms of learning from other people but why did you do that why did you do that um, Pormanic links we played it this morning um, shot the load you can all check it up on my Golf Ireland as might be even a counting score if you test it when we're finished this <laughs> well then it couldn't have been that bad if it's a counting score I'm telling you um, <laughs> last four holes now is the reason it's just about it yeah. could have been a lot better Yeah, but um, we'll talk about my uh, what do you call it? My self-talk? Your yeah. self-talk wasn't yeah, great, right. Paddy, now coming so home. You need though. to make this birdie because I'm going to fuck up in a minute. <laughs> Basically. You, you told me you bogeyed the last four holes and uh, the talk on 14 and 15 wasn't great now, so it's not much of a surprise <laughs> that that happened. Par. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Port Marnock Links, even though it's one of my favourites, by all accounts, from our check on around, and we were with Finton, the... Fenton Brennan, superinten- superintendent? Link superintendent, Jeff Fenton Brennan, um, who will be known far and wide around the... Certainly as, the Irish and, and... As bees, bread and bunkers, man. <laughs> bees, bread and bunkers. A man of many talents um, and a great character and a great uh, great guy to work along with. Um, Fenton's been here for a long number of years and has soldiered through good times and bad times to, to develop the course. You know, he's very passionate, as you could understand from him today when he was talking about the golf course and uh, trying to develop it. And, you know, it's great for for him and for us that we've now got this investment coming that we can keep things moving he came across as someone who sees things that other people can't see for example is it the um, is the 11th is the par 3 yeah is the 11th par 3 yeah Yeah. he's like he was looking to get these tee boxes raised as high as he is about 6 or (laughs) 8 feet some days it's in I wouldn't have seen because he showed us where they were before yeah now however he got them to get them to go yeah. you know, six or seven feet higher and the impact that has I would have found that tough to visualise but he sees that kind of stuff yeah and I mean he, he I mean he, he'd he be 
very honest about it himself. He he tries to keep abreast of all the things that are going around. I mean, he'd be very well known in uh, greenkeeping circles. Uh, he started the Lynx Initiative, which is a which was a, a group that got together to try and promote Lynx golf. This is many years ago. So he would be very a very close relationship with a lot of the the Lynx superintendents in the UK and Ireland. Um, you know, guys who have held British Opens, things like that. So he, you know, that network of people. He would be constantly bouncing ideas off and talking to them, and they they would be doing the same to him. So, yeah, seeing things like that um, is certainly one of his strengths. I mean, he people who are familiar with Portmarnock Links over the years will know that you know the first tee box was moved, made a huge improvement to that hole. Again, like you've said, eleven raised the tee box and and you know just brought a whole new dynamic to that hole. So there, you know, the, there's been a number of those things over the years and uh, through different owners. And the support of different owners that you know the team here have been able to do so um we're obviously looking now into the next phase of that and continuing that on because i was out in the k club a couple of months ago and i was having a chat with niall malloy who's out there like 25 years yep. a lifer and yep. um, some man for one man how's it going now but uh he was saying we're hoping well, don't tell anyone now but, uh, <laughs> we're kind of hoping to get the winter series and i was like sure that's a lot for for man of links or why would it be moving yeah um, and it's because of all these works and now when I heard works all winter works you know it's going to be you know more grass paths or they're going to make greens bigger or smaller it's not yeah <laughs> it's it's much more than six new greens and tea boxes isn't it it's like yeah yeah I mean it's it's a I mean like I mentioned earlier when I spoke to the owners first I mean they have a vision um, for what Port Marnock Hotel and Golf Links will be into the future and it's not that we're going to move away from what it has been traditionally Um I was talking to you earlier when you were just, you know, you were asking about, you know, the tourists that we have coming through here and playing all the different courses, what, you know, what the feedback is like. And one of the things that we always get is that the character of this golf course stands out. Um, it's an enjoyable course to play. And we're certainly not going to try and um, change that in any way, but we've got an opportunity to to use the money that the owners are putting in to improve what's there already. So that's um, not making any huge changes in terms of, you know, how the, the course will play and how it will feel but trying to make the experience of the golfer a lot better we're very lucky to have a dunescape here that a lot of courses on the east coast don't have i mean if you're down where you're come from <laughs> you've got dunes to beat the band but uh, half that's my mate <laughs> <laughs> so um so we want to try and make use of that and uh you know there's we're trying to tell a nice story whereby you know you on the first tee you start up on the dunes and you're looking out over you know the velvet strand and you know it's a beautiful uh, viewpoint from up there and then you know later in the round we'll bring that back to you again and you know it'll be a rise and fall at different occasions and um, like Fenton talked about earlier on you I mean that sound of the sea is something that people love um, and the whole Lynx experience is very connected obviously to the sea so we want to just try and bring that out a little bit more there's, there's quite a lot of Lynx courses that you play and you mightn't see the seaside so um, yeah we have that advantage and we want to try and make the most of it how does a course or a club or resort or facility, whatever, how, how did Port Marnock Links look at that from like a project management? Like how, where do you even start? Yeah, I suppose that the, the starting point would have been when the new owners uh, took over in October 2019. Um, so I mean, obviously I wasn't here at that stage, but they would have um, looked at lots of different options and models of how they would get the best from the facility over the future and you know it's uh, you're right it's a resort outlook i mean they're not just focused on golf 
but they really understand how golf is a really integral part of the whole resort and uh, you know it's one of the first places that they're putting money into which signals their intent on that side of things so from my perspective when I came in first in May 21 there had been plans that were looked at in terms of routing and things like that Um, but the owners came over in September um, after sort of COVID had calmed down a little bit and myself and Fenton and William our general manager had quite a bit of time with them to to go through lots of different ideas that they may have and that we may had and in that room we came out of a list of 10 things that we wanted to try and get out of the the project and then we went off and and spoke to Jeff Lynch with Regolf Design and um, Jeff he's a man I need to get on this podcast he's a fantastic guy I mean really really excellent um, been unbelievably helpful to us through this whole process he's just completed works at Druid's Heath and subsequently Druid's Glen and you know we've been down to have a look at what he's done down there and it's really really fantastic and people when it opens when the Glen opens next year they're they're really going to enjoy what what they'll see so he helped us then from the list of things that we wanted to try and get out of it he helped us come up with a routing um and then it was really just about uh presenting that to the owners and in fairness we were very lucky they they trust our opinion um and they believe in what we're trying to do and um you know it's a multi-million euro investment so they're certainly writing the check for that as well so there's there's pressure that comes with that too because we have to deliver it now <laughs> so and like in a time when everything in the news about people being laid off and the economy isn't a good outlook and there is news that you know the ireland economy will still be in growth not as much growth but there will be some growth next year yeah for owners like that to come in and kind of put put their money where their mouths yes, are exactly. speaks a lot about their absolutely. vision and what they want to do with this place. Absolutely. And I mean, there's lots of things going on here. I mean, we we, we're, we have a strong membership. We've got obviously international visitors and, and lots of domestic visitors as well. So uh, it's trying to make sure that we can cater for all of those um, and, you know, different seasons. I mean, you mentioned the winter series. We obviously couldn't do that this year, but, you know, different seasons offer different opportunities from a business point of view. Um, if you get 12 degree weather of a month in November <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> we're doing well on that we're at the moment well, yeah. Yeah. but I mean that's uh, we've noticed recently particularly over the last couple of uh, weeks you know the weather obviously has been very wet around and a lot of parkland courses obviously begin to struggle and we benefit from that because people want to co- come and play somewhere where it's dry and firm underfoot and I mean you saw today I mean it's it's fantastic Safe week in November not one mud ball today yeah no it was really it's really good so um, it's a big plus to have that and you mentioned earlier on about golf courses I mean that's why we're playing you know you come and play a good golf course and if you haven't got that then it's very difficult it is difficult um, how are you going to manage members play with the level of winter works and ongoing yeah. work here I suppose over the next two years yeah well members are very plus. important to you know although we're a proprietary club as such so we're not a typical members club membership is really important to us and one of the key things that we wanted to try and do was to make sure that we could give them good access to the course. Um, obviously, they're going to have a, a really upgraded and, and really good golf course when we're finished this. But um, we've managed to figure out a routing where we can keep 16 holes in play, albeit there'll be three temporary greens and two temporary tees. And uh, now you saw the temporary greens today; they're in pretty they're good shape. Pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, it's this time of year. We'll still have nine whole counting competitions. Usually we would be counting for most of the winter, usually anyway. Um, 
because of the, the conditions and things like that. But we're we're going to have nine hole counting competitions for maintenance of handicap, and we'll have 16 holes open for play. Um, so yeah, if we keep getting 12, 13, 14 degrees. We'll be we'll be very happy all winter. You don't have to let out any um, secrets or roadmap secrets or five year plans. I heard a little birdie fainted told me. Um, <laughs> It's undecided yet, <laughs> but it's something I love to hear about, whether it'll be down the side there of the property, will it be a range, or will you look to do like a six or seven hole par three? Now, I'm a massive fan of the latter, yeah. um, par three, for a whole bunch of reasons in terms of people short on time, with kids and jobs, and only have an hour or two hours, and then go play four or five holes, right? Um very open for kids coming out or people not used to golf and it's a short form golf course versus just another range now i know <laughs> it'll yeah. be a top class range yeah. but that's my feeling are you able to comment anything about that or is that i, I can't i mean it's it's no it's not that it's under wraps i mean the the, the it's just undecided the vision that we have is uh is is clear in terms of trying to create a resort based location for golf that you know, families can come and use, and uh, you know, we've obviously, as I've mentioned already, a number of times our members are important to us. So, um, it's trying to figure out how best we can use the space that we have to, you know, to develop golf, and the the decisions on those things really haven't been done yet. I mean, we sp- we spent a lot of time trying to get over the last couple of months trying to get this uh, phase, first phase started and off the ground, and that's really taken all of our focus. Um, but now when we get that started, we'll certainly look at other options. Um, and yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not that this is gonna be the piece of work that's done and then it's just forgotten about. We will con- continue to try and grow and create new opportunities for, and who knows what it might be. I mean, the way technology moves forward and, and you know everything else moves forward, there may be something in six months or a year's time that We'll jump out and we'll say that's yeah. inside. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I mean, you, I mean, you see all sorts of things like simulators and you know Rory and Tiger obviously starting their new company with you know uh, technology based golf and you know who knows where it might go. There are precedences there though. So if you have any, if any Pormarnock Links members are listening to this who are like, I just want to range, I just want to range, I don't want <laughs> par threes. Go up, go down to Tralee, and their academy has a seven eight hole par three that wraps around it. And I know there's a range there, but just either are. And if you go up to, if you're lucky enough to go up to um, Ballyliffin, they have a par three nine hole the pollen, which yeah. is unreal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, time pressure, just in general, time pressure is something that's very apparent at the moment. And certainly introduction to golf and making golf a little bit easier, you know, for the non-golfer, let's put it that way, is is very important and everybody should be working on their 100 yards and in anyway well they have it they especially have it. me after today <laughs> anytime i had less than 120 i was bamboozled um what does the next few months look like for you then well next monday we're gonna um switch to our 16 hole layout oh the um, diggers are coming in the diggers are coming in i'll uh, put this podcast out so next monday very good right. yeah diggers so are in here today you were one of the last people to play um the current port marnock links golf course so um we're will you call it port marnock all now until the, <laughs> until the, the changes are in no no uh, so there's yeah so we're excited about that so that that's the first stage i mean we're obviously coming into a busy time in terms of you know membership renewals that will be due and um we're we're as i said earlier we're busy always through the winter because the course is always holding up we thought we would see a a little bit of a drop off in green fee interest because of the fact that it's only 16 holes but if anything it's actually <laughs> encouraged people because you know they're expecting it to be a little bit colder and wetter so you know 16 holes or less 
can be can be it's interesting. Four, it's fourteen holes at home in the Hinch. I think yeah. it's the best thing ever. Yeah, and that's I mean, as I said earlier, time pressure becomes part of it. So you know, people are you know trying to get home to do other things with the family or whatever. So watch Netflix. <laughs> new, <laughs> exactly. new new series, The Crown, is out. You know. Oh yeah. You know, things be right do. up my street, Paddy. So uh, that's yeah, that's what the next couple of months look like. We'll be busy trying to. Um, Hopefully, if we get a decent run of weather, we'll we'll get stuck into the construction. Uh, Dar Golf are, are the guys who are going to do that, and we've got um, Aquaturf doing our irrigation as well. So those guys will come in and do what they do best, and yeah, hopefully we can get it finished in time and get everything back open nice and early in 2023. Will you be looking to have Challenge Tour back here, or maybe a tour higher? We're certainly looking at tournaments. I mean, we we wouldn't be as presumptuous to say we're going to pick and choose what we want. We're going uh, to have the open. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, we've spoken to the tour on a number of occasions, uh, and we'll continue to do so. I mean, the world is the golf world is a strange place uh, at the In moment. A small place with with live live and all the things Ooh. that are going on there. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, tournaments are coming under pressure, as you know, for for sponsorship and things like that. So, you know, we'd love to. We'd love to host big tournaments, and that, you know we're not going to shy away from that. Workday might might sponsor it. Well, you know? you the Workday Irish Open. There you go. Um, you can work on that. High now, above, Paddy. high above my pay grade. Money making a suggestion, folks. Um, Paul McKenna, quick fire Q and A. Are you ready for this? Oh, go for it. You only had to prepare one question, and this is it. <laughs> what would your walk-on song be? Uh, City of Blinding Lights by U2. This playlist is banging. This like walk-on song playlist. I need to update it. I did it for the first like thirty episodes yeah. of this, so I have a hundred episodes to update. There you go on the Spotify playlist. That'll fill a weekend for you. <laughs> the minute Tom Kennedy picked, you'll never walk alone. I kind of lost interest in to be honest. Um, so I won't have that one on Tom. Jmr Pizza. <laughs> Are you joking me? Jmr Pizza. Pizza. Oh, hat visor or bucket hat? Oh, uh, hat. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? We spoke Tin Cup easily, yeah, easily. <laughs> walk or cart? I'll walk. Win the Open or win the Masters? Open. Instagram or Twitter? <laughs> can I say neither? Neither, you can say neither. <laughs> Many have. Bebo, he'll say. <laughs> Fucking yeah, well, my you're bringing me back now. Yeah. Well, the, that was the, when I was at my peak in social media and Bebo. <laughs> the men's noticeboard in the locker room, that's all I look at. <laughs> um, player practice? I'll play, yeah. So the next one is kind of like a hypothetical question. Um, we'll say it's 24 months time. You're after having the Walker Cup, Irish Open, and the Open here, uh, and you're planning to have a celebratory dinner, right? So it's Paul McKenney's candlelit dinner. Six people, three people down the right, three people down the left. You can be in this. There's plenty of chairs in this room. We could, oh, you're throwing this at me now, Paddy. So you're at the top of the table. Who is at Paul McKenney's candlelit dinner? Six people. Three people down the left, three people down the right. You can have Harry Potter at it. They can be anyone. <laughs> Fiction. Oh, well, I'd, I'd have to have Emily and the two kids. That'd be the first. That's down the left. Uh, sorted. Uh, down the left, and uh, mum, dad, and sister. It's all Very about good. the family. Very good. If you ask my daughter now, who she would she'd want to sit across from her? Be Anna, Elsa, and a unicorn. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, same in my house, buddy. <laughs> I wouldn't be at the table. Uh, thanks for your time. Really, really insightful. Great day here in Port Marklings, as ever. Every time I've played here, I've had like a, my hand. I've had a conference score. Excellent. Come down. Excellent. So everybody needs to play here. Well, you're welcome. It's good, it's good for your anytime, handicap. Anytime. Thank you very much. Cheers, Paddy. So I hope you enjoyed that little chat or elongated chat with Paul McKenney, uh, director of golf at Port Marlow Hotel and Links Golf Course, which is going through a world of change since I played it with him on that day, nigh on four weeks ago now. So if you've tuned into my Instagram, you'll know that. 
I was in Port Marlock Links, had a friend of mine taking photos. Uh, I'm not that good at taking photos and playing at the same time. But uh, you know that I was there, and it, it has counted towards a fantastic score at the WHS. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that golf course. It always brings out the best in me, and no doubt, with the changes they're making to the layout, uh, new tee boxes, new green complexes, and a few of them, and um, that it will, in fact, enhance the entire golfing experience uh, for their new visitors that will experience that relatively new golf course it'll be um, sometime next year, hopefully. So yeah, if you enjoyed that episode, please do share it with your family and friends. It's coming to Christmas time. I will be ramping up the episodes throughout Christmas, through New Year's, and we have lined up some fantastic guests um, to reconvene our Wrapped series. Uh, it went down really, really well last year. People really enjoyed it, got some great feedback on it. So we have some of the same people coming on and a couple of new people who have had their episodes on the show this year. Um, next week, uh, next Monday, is Pardon McGrath. And I know Parik now on 20 years. And he's telling us all about his golf shop in Ennis, the mega store. And it was recorded the week before Black Friday, but it doesn't, it's not around Black Friday deals at all. It's about um, his journey through golf and really what this podcast is about, his story, and what's it like running a golf shop in 2022, 20, 23. Uh, but yeah, hope you like it. Share the show. Until we teed up next time, I'm Paddy.